Welcome to Women in Venture Capital. I'm Roshvina, a student at Harvard Business School with prior experience in finance and more recently venture capital in Africa. And I'm Anvita, Harvard Business School class of 22. I've actively worked in VC and tech startup space. Our mission at Women in Venture Capital is simple. Increase the representation of women in the VC industry through awareness and engagement. So join us as we engage with women establishing their presence in VC. Our guest today is Vivian Ho. Vivian is a principal at Pair VC, a founder-led early-stage venture fund in San Francisco. She leads Pair's female founder circle supporting the next generation of female technical founders. She also hosts the Pair Healthcare Playbook podcast, featuring successful founders on how they built a digital health business from 0 to 1 and beyond. Previously she worked on executive business strategy, new products and product growth for Airbnb homes and transportation and was a consultant at BCG focused on defining innovation and growth strategies for the healthcare, consumer and technology sector. Thank you so much for joining us Vivian. It's really nice to have you on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to dive in and hopefully, you know, answer some questions. <laughs> Awesome. Uh and for for our listeners this is a little bit of a mini reunion for us because and Vida and I did work uh for the pair um venture fellow program and I think you had just um started like maybe a couple months before yeah. um so definitely uh nice to have you back in this capacity now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> awesome. So like I said in my intro you moved from consulting to VC and some business strategy along the way as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about these moves and why the decision to be at Pair today? Yeah, I guess I can um go back to undergrad kind of sort of tying back why I liked VC in the first place. Um so in undergrad I studied engineering at Northwestern and you know a lot of people take the fall semester before during their junior year to study abroad and i thought maybe i'll just do an internship instead and work in chicago which in retrospect i probably should have gone to paris but i think um i think serendipitously i ended up working at an angel fund called high park angels in chicago and it's the biggest midwest angel fund with like 500 angels and you know angel investing i had no idea what that meant i just thought you know smart people putting money in companies i didn't realize that i would be working with the earlier stage companies where they were you know just a person and an idea and um looking for someone to believe in them and to work on their on their startup so i worked sort of like as a chief of staff role i mean there was only two full time people there at the time and learned a lot about just how a angel fund worked which is pretty similar to a pre-seed fund just like more buy in from angels to invest in companies um I got to work out of 1871 which is Chicago's like entrepreneurial hub and um everyone there was interested in starting a company or working in some capacity at a startup so um I was really inspired by the internship just loved going to work and I thought you know what I wanted to do in my life in general is just work at a company that I was really passionate about versus anything for money or anything else. Um so anyway, um got a taste of that and then went back to school and Northwestern has a very consulting culture. So I ended up in you know interviewing for consulting, um thought that it was a great way to learn, you know, the foundational basics of business uh at its purest form. So uh ended up interning at BCG. Really loved the culture in Chicago specifically. Um 
there was a emphasis on work-life balance. We still worked hard for sure, but I think nothing crazy. Um, and I think you really don't get the opportunity as someone who just graduated from college to work with CEOs. And so I think at the end of the day, it was a really great experience learning how to, how healthcare companies thought about things strategically. Um, and I got to meet um, executives and try to like make, feel like act older, you know, um, be mature. So that was really great as a fund fundamental sort of business training. Um, about like 1.5 years in, I thought, you know, I would want to work somewhere else and see what a startup experience was more like. Um, so BCG has an, an externship program, which means you can like work somewhere else for up to a year. So the Airbnb was on the list. I always thought Airbnbs were really cool. I like traveling. I grew up abroad. So um, I decided I was going to move to SF in one week and join Airbnb. Um, I joined the BizOps team. So basically working with the home's president on, you know, the board decks and um, metrics. And I sent out like a dashboard every week on like how, how, our, how our company was doing, which was really cool just to see like how a well-run company was, was, you know, how they were preparing for IPO, what their growth metrics were, like how do PMs, you know, interact with each other at a tech company. It was very different from working with like the firms that we worked with in consulting, right? Like it was, it was tech first versus like, you know, tech as like a side thing. Um, so uh, yeah, Airbnb was really awesome. Um, it was a big company for sure, not a startup. So I thought, you know, after a year, um, wanted to kind of explore startups again and, and go back to what I really found interesting at High Park Angels, which is working at a VC firm. So uh, similar to you guys, I <laughs> joined Pair as a fellow. Um, so I thought, you know, I'm going to try to like have a platform to talk to founders on and really try to build up um, my investing experiences. Uh, Pair was a very awesome place to work. Um, and I really liked working on healthcare specifically. So I studied healthcare management at Wharton, um, ran a podcast there, which you can talk about later. And, uh, and, and yeah, I, um, there was no one at Pair covering healthcare at the time. And I thought, you know, this is an interesting space for me to grow as an investor. It was also during COVID, um, my year in business school. So I was like, instead of going to my virtual class, I'm just going to meet founders. So um, really enjoyed the kind of upside of having more time, not traveling to cool places and working during business school. But at the end of the day, I think end up joining a firm that I really liked. So, so yeah, uh, that's how I joined VC. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. And the more I'm listening, I'm realizing we have a lot more in common, Vivian, not just there <laughs> was a common thread, but I was at BCG as well right after my yeah. undergrad. Um, and like you just touched upon, you are a podcaster just like us as well. Yeah. So <laughs> would love to learn more about that. You call it the Pulse Podcast. How did that yeah. come about? And why healthcare? Why Web3? Given you invest in both of them, would love to hear more. Yeah. So um, when I was in business school, um, we I, was, I joined the podcast team in the Digital Health Club. Um, which was like, there's a digital health club, and there's a healthcare club. So, <laughs> um, and, and I thought, you know, what better way to create content than interview smart people, which is maybe how you guys thought about it too. But um, I just, you know, I, I don't think I have much to say about starting a company, but I thought if I interviewed really smart people who've done it before, I'll learn something and I'll get to share it with the world. So um, yeah, I picked up podcasting. I was really nervous. My first time I went back when like zoom wasn't as common i went to um 
New York on a bus and I went to go interview Matt McCambridge from Eden Health. And at that, that time they were a series A company and he was really nice. He was like very patient. I had, I would ask him questions. and I didn't know like what he would say in response. I would, I would kind of blank out because I was so nervous. <laughs> and then now I think podcasting is, is I've done it a couple of times now. So it's, it's something that I really enjoy. And I think is a great way to, to share insights with the world. And then after I finished um, business school, people kind of, you know, let the next generation of business school students take on the podcast. So um, I went to pair and I thought, you know, I really miss interviewing founders. And I really miss hearing about how they started a company. I think it fits really well with pair. We want to be the place where all pre-seed healthcare founders are coming to explore. And so I thought, what better way than to like learn, go to market, learn about like how they put up their MVP? How did they recruit their first co-founder? So that's the purpose of the current podcast called the Pair Healthcare Playbook. It started in January, so it's still pretty new. But um, yeah, I, I think a lot of in common, <laughs> just like finding time to interview people. And um, I think it's a really fun, fun way to kind of share insights with the world. Yeah. And just, just as a follow-up to that, um, really curious about why the healthcare sector in specific. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely echo your sentiment that I think the best way to learn about something is just to interview people and like the smart people in the industry. But what really drew you to that specific sector? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think my interest in healthcare started in high school. Actually, I interned at a hospital in Shanghai. You can't really get paid if you're under 18 in Asia, or I think there's some, I wanted to be like those Americans who worked at like a fast food restaurant and service people as like a waiter, but they don't have that in China. So I worked at a hospital and um, I moved medical records up and down the elevator and sat in the basement. <laughs> and um, that was before digital health records were a thing, I guess. So I thought, you know, tech, probably is on the way. And um, I really liked working with healthcare, the healthcare team at VCG as well. I think a lot of folks, there's just a mission-driven component to healthcare. Like at the end of the day, you're like helping to save people's lives. You're helping to make the healthcare system better. Um, there's an inherent like mission that's tied to healthcare, similar to like climate tech and other industries. So I like that. I think it's a very complicated industry. And I think that's why I also touched a little bit of crypto um, I think like it's, it's, it takes a while to get used to like what, who is what name and what acronyms are what. And I think it's, it's interesting. Um, I also think that there's a lot of innovation that's about to come given a lot of the new tailwinds with the government. We have the 21st Century Cures Act that's, a, that's requiring, you know, healthcare systems to share their data. There's a lot more adoption of telehealth after COVID. There is a shift to value-based care, which is a much better way of kind of incentivizing physicians to, to provide the best care. So um, yeah, I mean, Pair has a growing healthcare portfolio. We have 16 companies or or so, I lose track. And um, they're all in various phases. One of our first investments was in Viz AI before I joined Pair. And now it's a unicorn. We have a lot of pre-seed seed companies that we're working with closely in the accelerator. So I think um, it's a fun space because I think it requires, it's not easy. And I don't think any startup is easy, but I think like the people in it are all in it for a good reason. And also just like, it's complicated. And I think there is room to innovate. Makes complete sense. And yeah, it's a known fact almost that healthcare is a huge market with a lot of opportunities. And like you said, when there are almost bottlenecks that you need to cover or barriers that you need to move, it just creates um, a, a better positioning for you. Um, so that makes a ton of sense. Um, shifting gears a little bit, uh, 
touching upon one of the big reasons why our podcast exists to begin with. Um, we recently realized that Pear has launched a female founder circle, which it describes as an intimate founder circle of female engineers guided by successful female founders and leaders, uh, which sounds super cool. Having said that, we are coming off a very disappointing year for female founders funding, which is about 2%. So we're really interested in learning about Pear's vision with this program and how it might help tackle this disparity over long term. Yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely a disappointing year. Um, I think that, you know, we started as an experiment. Um, we were like, why don't we just bring 30 female technical founders together who are exploring and give them a community and bring in really, really top-notch speakers that, you know, normally probably wouldn't say yes to come for free and and to spend their time. Like the CTO of Cisco, she's on the board of Spotify and Microsoft, and she she decided to join us. Um, we have GPs at Benchmark and Greylock and Sequoia come speak. And I think it's a really special program because I think, you know, there aren't a lot of female technical programs for females out there. Like I even, when I was recruiting for people, they would be like, I don't really know anyone. I know one person or even someone who's a female technical founder says, I only know two people. So putting 30 together, I think is really just special for them because they want to they want to meet more female founders that are like them. Um, it also stems sort of in Paris DNA. Um, you know, I think we are all been fellows before. I think you know we have Mar Mars background. You know, she's an electrical engineering PhD, three time founder. You know, she does a lot of work on the on the equity side, right? She was one of the co founders of Allraise, co founders of Equity Summit, which is a a summit for emerging managers and LPs to meet. Um, so I have engineering background as well. So I think like it made sense for us. Like we're not doing it out of the blue. It's like part of our DNA. I was looking at all of our female founders in our portfolio because I was looking for speakers for the program. We have over 50 um, and I, I might be missing a few. So I think like definitely been inherently in the portfolio. I think, you know, having a actual program for it is new. So it's it was exciting for me when I started last year full time to start this. And now we've gone through, we're in our current third cohort. We have 105 um, current female technical founders in the program. Um, I think it's really powerful when you put a lot of female founders in a room together. And it's really rare for female technical founders, like people who are like, I can just build my own thing. I don't need to recruit anyone. Or I'm the CTO and I'm like, you should be CEO. Like, I don't know why you're CTO. <laughs> um, so I think it's really special. Um, everyone's working on different industries, which is fine. I think people like, I think the fact that they are all have one thing in common is, is really, really great. And then, yeah, I think, you know, we're excited to have more founders funded. So I think I'm sure it's a testament to the female founders in the program, but when we looked back um, in their last two cohorts that happened already over 50% raised uh, funding from, from top EBCs like, you know, Sequoia, Andreessen, Dragonfly, Paradigm, et cetera. And I think it's a really testament to the program, like kind of supporting a lot of these awesome female founders. Like they did it themselves, but it always helps to have other other people to help you in the room, right? Like fundraising right now isn't easy. It's still doable, but it takes like a month and you may end up with Sequoia, but like it still takes a long time. So I think like the fact that you have a support system is really important. And that's what we hope to continue. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And kudos to you guys for for the program. Um, I think I caught some snaps of a recent um, chat that you guys had together. Maybe it was the launch of the most recent cohort, and it did look like a really, really interesting and nice um, yeah decision. Yeah. I also I almost forgot, Rashmin. I remember when you were a fellow and we were creating a female founder summit. Yes, correct. Conference. So actually, that started as a as you and I planning for the summit. And then I totally forgot. Uh, and you get all the credit. Like we were just like, how do we create like an amazing place for female founders? We ended up thinking like Summit was too short term. We wanted to create more of a long term uh, program. But yeah, I mean, you were part of the the founding <laughs> I remember team. it was very much like passing ideas at that point. So I'm so happy. It's actually turned out to be um, cohorts going at now. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> thanks for reminding me of that. That's awesome. Um, so before I wrap up this conversation, wanted to ask you a last question about any lessons that you've learned from your own experience navigating VC for the last three years that you would like to share with our les- listeners, especially to aspiring female investors. Yeah, um, I guess, you know, I, I'm still relatively new in the VC space. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with what firm and what pr- team you join. And I think like being really thoughtful about looking for supportive teams that will create a career path for you, um, you know, depending on what you're looking for, right? If you're looking for two years in portfolio company, that's that's great. But I think like if you're really looking to build a long lasting career, being a VC takes 10 years to figure out whether you're good at it. So you really need, you know, to to learn from former founders or investors that have done it before. Uh, a lot of what I do is just shadow my my team members like Mar and Ajay and and sit on board meetings and and learn how they how they advise companies and then I'm like okay that's how I should be um, you know kind of giving advice to early founders so a lot of it is is finding the right team to support you I think before you even get into VC it's really important to think about what your superpower is as a VC being a VC is sounds like super fun. You're just meeting startups, investing in companies, giving money away. But it's really, really, you know, a lot of work um, because there's a lot of capital out there and you have to figure out what makes you special. And I think that's what people are looking for when you're interviewing, what makes you what makes you someone that founders want to work with. And so I would think about your superpower. And I hate answering that question personally because it's really hard to answer that question, but it's about like how you run as a VC. Um, some VCs are really good at you know, podcasts and 20, you know, Harry Stubbing started his career in, in podcasts. And so he, he built his network there. Um, some VCs are really good at just writing thought pieces about specific landscapes and, and identifying opportunities. That's, that's also, you know, a, um, a superpower. And I guess my superpower that I've learned over time is creating communities. Um, I think I, I like bringing people together. I like connecting people together. Um, I might have founded a company before, but I tried to leverage my network to help founders. So, you know, I think before I joined Pair, I just I just tried to like be like, you know, a sounding board for founders and to connect them with people. And maybe those connections are not always helpful, but I think like they always appreciate founders always appreciate extra help, especially when no one has believed in them yet. And I think that's the beauty of venture is like you should be having conviction in people that no one else has conviction in. And I think that's like how you find really interesting opportunities. Um, 
yeah, I think in general, though, I think, you know, um, for for like breaking into VC is pretty hard. And so as a female investor, I think looking for a supportive environment and, you know, I think the more female investors we have, the more female founders we can back. So, um, yeah, I think there's something special about the connection between female investors. So definitely reach out to VCs who are, you know, women investors, they're busy. So I would um, encourage you to like give before you take. So like to get that meeting, like what I did before was send a, a company that they might be interested in and then offer that and then offer to talk for like 20 minutes because um, people are busy. But yeah, that's how I would think about it. Um, it's not, you have to be a VC before you join a VC, which sucks. But I think, you know, if it's really a job that you find joy in, I think it's all worth it. That's some amazing advice. And um, I actually just had a class yesterday about an engineering team that was, you know, just very much in the ideation process. And just the realization that they had that um, there's a lot of help out there um, from the community. People are more than willing to help entrepreneurs, like you said. So it's just about asking the right questions or just feeling comfortable enough to ask questions. So I think that's some, some really great advice. Vivian, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, it's been really great to have you and thank you for being candid and giving us so much uh, great content. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It was great. It was fun. Join us next Thursday on our next episode with Senator Mendoza and Asya Bradley from Mendoza Ventures. See you then.